Hi, and welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we tell you about the rise and fall of your favorite, or rather least favorite, celebrity. I'm your host, Jose, with my best friend and co-host, Katrina Rochelle. How are you Hello. doing today, Katrina? I'm great. I'm sorry. I stepped on your wonderful introduction to me. <laughs> it's been so, <laughs> such a long time. Yes, it has. Actually, it hasn't really. It has. I'm always opening the door for you. I mean, what you just did a bonus episode. They don't count. They don't count. <laughs> this week's episode is literally over this actor and Brat Pack member Rob Lowe. Ooh, you know, I know there's a little history to Rob Lowe, uh-huh. but I'm not too familiar with him at all. I think I am like familiar with a good portion of his big acting credits, but I'm not like real in tune to Rob Lowe behind the scenes, you know, and then I got a, a little peek behind the curtain with some of his history when researching him. Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm sure I've seen some of his films, just none really come to mind. I, I'm not out there looking for Rob Lowe. When coming up with Rob Lowe, I do have to thank my sister, Trisha. We were hanging out recently and I was juggling a few different topics and ideas and she threw this one out to me and I thought this would be kind of a change of pace. Once we kind of hear Rob's story, it's a little bit different, but a little bit of the same of some of the other characters. I don't want to say characters, they're actual people. That was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some of the other celebrities that we do cover. Uh, So let's just talk about it. For a few different reasons, I wanted to do Rob once my sister threw him out. Uh, He has been an actor in both movies and TV for decades. He is overall very well loved in the types of movies and shows that he tends to do, especially the persona. He takes on some of his happy-go-lucky characters or in the earlier days, more of his bad boy qualities with the charming good looks. And he went over his audiences and that kind of has not changed since he's become in popularity. Yeah, I can see that. I kind of feel that he's kind of for older people, like more of your generation. You know what? It's not, it hasn't even been five minutes, Jose. <laughs> but definitely, yes, he is more pinpointed for a older generation. I would say, you know. My mother's, not mine, yeah. bastard. Um, <laughs> Rob has also been the target of a couple of scandals, but I find that people who are fans of him are either on one side of the spectrum or totally on the other side. So they either are familiar with the scandal and really just do not care. They really love Rob and who he is, or they've never heard about these scandals and they just love them some Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe was born Robert Helpler Lowe, March 17th, 1964, in Charlottesville, Virginia. If we're going with our long-storied history of talking about astrological signs, that would make old Robbie a Gemini. Oh, my moon sign. Mm, I see that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Funny you mentioned that. Hmm. Rob's parents were Charles and Barbara Lowe who were a lawyer and teacher, respectively. Rob oh, that's also, a good little couple. What, a lawyer and a teacher? Why? A lawyer and a teacher. Which one's the lawyer, the husband? The husband's the lawyer, and Barbara's the teacher. Yeah, that's a good couple. Why? Because one just... can teach you about morals and values, and the other one tell you how to disgrace them? <laughs> <laughs> no, he just comes home in his suit, and you know she comes home from 
work and she's in her apron cooking dinner. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> the hell up, brother. <laughs> Why you say it like that? What does that mean? <laughs> It has nothing to do with nothing. Let's just move on. All right. Y'all know what Jose wants, so I'm going to watch out trying to holler at this one. So so there were a a lawyer and teacher, respectively. Rob also had a brother, Chad Lowe, who is about four years younger, who also later will become an actor as well. I somehow knew that. Yeah, are you familiar with Chad Lowe? He, I, for the, for some reason, I can't think of what he's been in, but I do remember he was married to Hillary Swank because I was pissed when I was like, how you going to leave Hillary Swank? I don't know why I was on the Hillary Swank train, but I was. I'm not too familiar with him, but I've seen some of the stuff he's in. Oh my God. This man was on Pretty Little Liars. I remember it. Okay. That's crazy that I didn't remember until I saw that. But yes, he was pretty little. He was one of the parents. Yeah, like I, he's not as big as his brother, but. Yeah, he's he, he's known, but yeah, he's not as known. A couple of interesting facts I found out about Rob. Apparently, he is deaf in his right ear. When he was like a baby, like an infant, apparently he had an undiagnosed case of the mumps. And because it went undiagnosed and untreated, he ended up losing his hearing in his right ear. Something that still stands to this day. Also was very into theater, like acting in the theater and plays and such like that when he was a young boy. Um, He ended up seeing a theater play when he was around like eight or nine, being really inspired by that and deciding right then and there he wanted to become an actor. His parents kind of really supported him with that. Even started eventually getting him in some like local acting work, like some commercials and stuff like that. That's interesting because, you know, they're just regular people. We talk about so many unintentional and intentional Nepo babies that sometimes these stories that they work from the ground up to become who they are are kind of like, oh, yeah, shit, people still be doing that. (laughs) Even though he was born in Charlottesville, Virginia, the family does end up moving to Dayton, Ohio. They're raised there for a good amount of time up until their teenage years. And then Barbara and Charles divorce. And when Barbara remarries, she and her new husband end up moving the boys to Malibu, California this is where stuff starts to really get moving for them. They're in Malibu, California. They end up attending Santa Monica High School. Ends up being like this really popular school where a lot of future big name actors ended up going to. Just a couple I saw were Sean Penn and Charlie Sheen. They even mentioned Robert Downey Jr., but he ended up dropping out. All those bad boys. I did. I had a joke, but when you find out some of the things that have Rob has dealt with, I felt like it was tasteless, but yeah, some of these are some notorious bad boys. Uh huh. Still, still are kind of for a couple of them. I think out of the group you said, Robert Downey Jr. is like the most redeemable. The cleanness, yes. Ain't that like he's had his history too? Mm, Very storied history as well. Yeah, you're right. Low as a child and a teen had had some local TV gigs and stuff, but his actual first major national television role was playing teenager Tony Flanagan in the ABC sitcom A New Kind of Family. 
I guess it was not that exciting of a, of a premise. It only lasted one season from 1979 to 1980. Shortly after, Rob's big break will come in 1983. And that is when he is in his feature film debut in Francis Ford Coppola's The Outsiders, based off of the book. Now, when Rob debuts in The Outsiders, he is 18 years old. This is a coming-of-age movie, very much a drama, though. And it's filled with current stars of that time in the 80s to early 90s, as well as like big future stars. Uh, Just a couple, you got Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, Tom Cruise, and of course, Rob Lowe. Now, did you watch the movie The Outsiders at all? I watched it and I loved it. Really? Hundreds of times. Hundreds of times? Damn. Yes. Easily hundreds of times. Okay, so does it rate as one of like one of your favorite movies that like, cause you watched it that many times, I figure. I think so. Just for the nostalgia factor. And just because that's one of the like only movies my dad likes in English. So that's a little factor in there too. Yep. And I love the book. Okay. So I actually, for one of the few times ever, I read the book, the outsiders read in school, absolutely loved it, but I never seen the movie really never i don't the way it happened i guess is that i was so into the book i read the book i love the book and i didn't find out until like years after finishing the book that the movie even existed and i think at that time i was kind of like over it or i didn't want it to like taint how i felt so i never watched it but i probably like being my age now like if i came across it i definitely will watch it just just so i I can remember it and like see all these stars that everybody talks about. Cause you're not the only person I've heard who says that they love the outsiders, the movie. Yeah. I feel like it might be a little dated now, but it's still probably fun to watch it. Yeah. And especially like most of the time, Francis Ford Coppola, you know, he's good for a good movie. I saw it in school. I remember like after we read the book, we got to watch the movie. Lucky you, you went to them, them good schools. <laughs> My school said, but you better pick. <laughs> what the other? After The Outsiders, Rob continued to see film success, including the smash hit and Brat Pack Packed, St. Elmo's Fire, and then the movie About Last Night with Demi Moore. Are, the, do either one of those sound familiar to you? No. Where yeah. Demi Moore does. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I've heard about both of these movies, uh, especially since I heard that the Brat Pack was all in St. Elmo's Fire and all that. And and from what I looked at, uh, apparently the Brat Pack was not a flattering name. I don't know why I didn't think. I don't know why I thought it was, but now it's Brat Pack. But I thought it was always like a like a affectionate name of like. The big 80 teen heartthrob stars. I didn't know it was like, who the fuck cares about all these stars in these movies? They think they're popular and then this and that. Oh, is that what it's the name means? Like apparently the Brat Pack was dubbed, they were dubbed the Brat Pack based off an article written about them when this journalist saw all these teens and kids flocking to these actors at hotels and restaurants and all the actors said like they could not shake that name for years and a lot of the brat pack 
had struggling careers because that was like stuck to them. Like Molly Ringwald, uh, Emilio Estevez, like people like that spoke out about it and said they didn't really care for the name. Do you know who all was in the Brat Pack? Does it matter? (laughs) It it really don't matter. They had a uh, requirement of anybody who was in those like John Hughes 80 movies based off the New York Magazine article. It consisted of Emilio Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall, Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, Demi Moore, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy. And they said unofficial members include Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Cruise. Which is funny because when I think of the Brat Pack and I hear that, I always think of those two. Mm. Yeah, they were saying like it's kind of based off if you were maybe in either like the Outsider, St. Elmo's Fire, Breakfast Club. If you were in like one or two of those movies, they kind of considered you a part of the Brat Pack. Huh. I just feel like it was just a new wave of Hollywood, you know, new wave of actors. Yeah. One of those things like older people can't stand the new generation. <laughs> no, y'all can't. For some reason, y'all can't stand us. And, and the thing is, is that you go through it as a young person and you say, I'm not going to be like them when I get older. And the years go by and you just feel that hump in your back and you just ready to snitch on somebody and talk shit. About I catch myself doing that. Like, oh, they're so stupid with this trend or with this song or, you know, something stupid. And I'm like, just stop because people are saying that about us. Yeah. My biggest thing is whether it's young, old or stupid or smart. I just try to say, girl, it's not your life. Yeah. That's not affecting you because I have a problem with patience. So sometimes I have to reel myself in when I get mad at stuff because I'm already upset at something else. <laughs> like, shut your ass down, Katrina. Sit down. It's fine. Even though Rob Lowe is swimming in the success right now, you got the outsiders under his belt. He's got St. Elmo's Fire, which is when he really blew up. He's in this romantic comedy, kind of, sort of, with Demi Moore. He's very successful. He has a good amount of money, and he has a lot of access. But everything is not roses because while he is swimming in the success, he is slowly drowning due to his substance abuse and his drinking problem. Um, According to Rob, in his 2011 memoir, he talks about the fact that he started drinking at an early age, at a teenager. And then he even talks about how on the set of The Outsiders, like there were these union workers who would supply the cast with beer. And as I had said earlier, Rob Lowe was only 18 when he was on The Outsiders. Mm. Given a little bit more insight into his life around this time, Rob says, quote, it's not a great recipe for success to give an 18-year-old male fame, money, drugs, and expect there not to be something that goes wrong. You know, he's right about that quote. And a lot of time with the young actors, the child actors, it seems to go hand in hand. Where uh, very young and successful, everything's good. And then a few l- years later, shit just blows up because... You're not getting put in check. You don't have the right people around you or you just have too much freedom or yeah. too much, too many people exploiting you. Yeah. You add in those drugs and alcohol and it's like such a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, things aren't going to get better until they get a little worse or should I say a lot worse. In 1988, Rob is in Atlanta 
where the players play and they ride on those things like every day. (laughs) (laughs) No, but really, he was in Atlanta. He's in Atlanta for the Democratic National Convention. Now, he was invited on the behalf of Michael Dukakis's uh, presidential campaign. He was invited by an assemblyman named Tom Hayden. He was actually a part of like three dozen people in the entertainment industry, some directors, some actors, some producers. And he was just one of the main people because he was like one of the most visible. So he's in Atlanta for the Democratic uh, National Convention. He's in this club called Club Rio. And it's nighttime, you know, he's, he's, he's partying, he's having fun. And as the night is settling down, he decides to take two friends back to his hotel. Rob's a single man. He can do what he wants. He has sex with these two friends, but he also videotapes this encounter. And then all parties depart. Now, soon after, I don't know exactly how soon after, but very soon this tape is leaked. And when this tape is leaked, the women's identities are also leaked and shared as well. The names are not important. Kind of don't want to share the names, especially when we get into it. But one is 22 years old and the other one is 16 years old. Oh, my goodness. And as I said before, Rob is 24 at this time. Do we know how it got leaked? (sighs) So... This is where I did not know what to do. No article. I look and I'll I'll share my sources at the end, but none of the articles, the interview I read with Rob, because I kind of got on the subject late, I didn't have time to read his memoir, but I I wish I could have because maybe that would have shared. But nobody says who leaked the tape. They just say it, uh, it was leaked. One article on Slate says that one of the women grabbed it, but no other source confirms that. So while Slate is my source for other things regarding the sex tape, it's not my source for that because that is not confirmed by anybody else. Okay. When this uh, tape is leaked and shared, the young girl's mother finds out and she ends up filing a lawsuit against Rob Lowe. This tape apparently at this point in time in the late 80s ends up getting shared everywhere to the point where not only is it getting sold back rooms adult stores whatever the like there were reportedly also like screenings of the sex tape at clubs what yeah i was like but they didn't know she was 16 right I think it kind of got out here now the one thing that i do kind of see in a few different places is that Yes, it was a sex tape between the t- the all three of those people is that the encounter with the 16-year-old is not 100% shown. But if we haven't seen the tape, which I have no desire to ever look that up, we can't say that for sure because we don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's she's in there enough that her mom was able to identify she her. Was- Imagine how the mom found out. That's so absurd. And upsetting. <laughs> Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I wondered, you know, just according to that Slate article, which woman they're saying leaked it. Yeah, because it'd be crazy. I mean, it wouldn't be crazy because young and dumb, but Uh it would be interesting if it was the 16-year-old one who uh, nabbed it. And then maybe that's how the mother found out. Yeah, that's the only way I could think of that the mother would find out. Mm. Unless she went to 
a club and they were like having this viewing party and she's like oh my god that's my daughter okay <laughs> i just process what you said <laughs> i would hope no one would ever find out like that also if you're watching a sex tape at a club you need help <laughs> take your ass home yeah like who goes to a viewing party and like rob blows that's it that's that's like, so crazy. Come to the club tonight, nah, girl. I'm gonna rest. It's the Rob Lowe showing. Oh, bitch, let me get my heels. <laughs> like, bitch, no. So, um, the tape has been like basically spread everywhere, even being sold. Rob says that he made no money off of it, even though kind of he says that he was the creator of the sex tape. I guess trying to poke fun of it in your later years, if if that's what you would like to do. Uh huh. So for a while, about a one to two year span, kind of nobody touched Roblo. He had to wait out his public humiliation, I guess, his public exercise, you know, humiliation, whatever you want to call it. He was not charged for a crime because let's get into this fucked upness. Rob is never charged with a crime, but he could have. But what crime, you ask? underage having having sexual relation with an underage woman no yeah because in atlanta won't that be what's age of consent there i'm so glad you asked so in 1988 in georgia the age of consent was 14 years old damn that's so young 14 years old in georgia can you fucking believe that? I can. I can't believe that. I can't. Un- it's the fucking South. I'm sorry, Georgians. Georgianas. Whatever you call <laughs> yourselves. But it's true. When when a South law comes across my eye, but to be fair, a lot of these other states who are in the South have weird age of consent laws and weird like women teenager laws too, but I, I wasn't surprised when I saw it. I, I just couldn't believe it, but I believed it. In 1988, the age of consent was 14. So legally, Rob did not commit a crime by having sex with this 16-year-old. She technically could and did give consent. She even, well, both of the women knew that he was recording at the time. They acknowledged the tape in the tape. But that was the one part where apparently was a great area where if a prosecutor wanted to charge Rob, they could have charged Rob with recording a sexual act with a minor. But they did not. I feel the laws have become stricter with that. I would hope so, especially if it was on fucking video. Yeah, with videoing minors. I remember there was like a huge thing with even minor sending minors videos like charging yeah, them with it will still be yeah considered child porn and stuff like that yeah yeah so i feel like now it's a lot stronger the law is but i don't know if it would be back then mm-hmm. and then you got to consider it might some laws might be stronger but that also still could be state to state yeah who knows what george is doing nowadays <laughs> legally did rob do anything wrong no but morally Hell fucking yes. And where did he meet her? The Democratic Party thingy? Demo- the Democratic National Convention, like, gathering at a club. 
Like this wasn't the actual convention. This was a party thrown by people who were going to be attending the convention, including Rob Lowe. Huh. I I wonder if there was like an age. So let's get into that. He says that he thought both girls were 21 at the time when he picked them up and took them to his hotel. He said that he, he thought they were both 21 because he was grilled at the door before entering the club on being 21, making sure that he was 21 before he entered. So he was under the assumption that since he was really grilled about his age and made sure to verify his age before he went into the club. Everybody else would have had to do that same very thing. A little naive, maybe, but I kind of understand it. And yeah. If this is a one-off, if he doesn't have any repeat offenses of this, I am leaning towards believing him. Because if I would go to a bar, if I would go somewhere, I would just automatically believe everyone who's in there is over 21. I understand exactly what you're saying. And I kind of I kind of do agree. It does what he did kind of disgust me, of course. But it's like when you get the full context of the situation, as well as the time period he's in and the fact that, yes, in this case, it is a one off. Rob doesn't have any other instances of this particular thing happening. So I am inclined to believe that this was just a very unfortunate situation in which he still managed to escape while being in the legal, (laughs) the legal bounds, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. And I mean, it's sick either which way he slept with her, which was legal by Georgia. And the only thing that's technically illegal would be the recording of it. Yeah. This girl who now has had to see that play out for like years and what that one night probably, of course, was never to be shared with anybody else. Rob is a free man. No charges were filed against him. He just had to endure the public embarrassment for a while and a a little bit of community service. He ends up deciding to enter rehab at this time. He's kind of seeing the trajectory that he's been put on. You know, he's been drinking since he's a teenager. He's been into the substance abuse. He's been really popular as far as the actor since 18, starring in The Outsiders. He's coming into the 90s. He's trying to change his life for the better. And so he does enter rehab for substance and drinking abuse. How soon was this after all this came to light? I think like within the year or the the next year, like this happened in 1988. He entered around 1989 to 1990. Oh, I, I kind of smell a PR move. Ooh, maybe, but some, you know, I guess the best PR moves are the ones that end up true. Yeah. Like let's clean up that image a little. Could be. And One reason why that could be is that Rob is back in the spotlight. He would book Bad Influence two years later and end up being reunited from somebody from his past that would end up becoming his future Mrs. Lowe. In 1983, Rob was set up on a blind date with Cheryl Burkoff. They have this blind date. I guess it goes okay or well enough that they end up having a couple more dates. But after those dates, they kind of decide Hmm, this ain't for me. And they go their separate ways. Cheryl goes on to date Keanu Reeves for a while. Um, Rob dates a few different people. 
Now, it is when the late 80s, 89, 90, that Cheryl and Keanu break up and Rob is single. Rob gets the movie Bad Influence and Cheryl is the makeup artist on set. And Cheryl at this time has a like a great reputation as being like a great makeup artist stylist on various movies. Now, Rob and Cheryl being back in each other's orbit, they reunite and they actually fall in love this time. They fall in love and they stay together and they end up marrying in 1991, very fast after reuniting. They basically just knew that they were with the one that they were supposed to be with. How romantic. They welcome their first son in 1993. Uh, That is Matthew Edward Lowe. He is now a lawyer. And then they welcome their son. Like his granddaddy. Yes, I was going to say, like, they adopt some of these jobs. Like, one follows the other, follows the other. So Matthew Edward Lowe is a lawyer. And their second son, John Owen Lowe, uh, who was born in 1995, is a writer and an actor, followed in his daddy's steps. And he actually collaborates with Rob a, a good amount of time. Oh, really? How yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm, Yeah. <laughs> Rob's career is steady, if not a little rocky, after the big scandal. Bad Influence was critically acclaimed as far as, you know, critics gave it good ratings, but it wasn't a box office smash. And Rob's uh, career as an actor, he still is booking plenty of roles, but they're kind of more on the smaller scale projects that you could tell either have a smaller budget or he's playing parts that are kind of smaller and not the lead role like he was kind of used to. And just a few projects just to uh, spotlight them. There was the TV movie in 1990, If the Shoe Fits, in Wayne's World, which was 1992. With Keanu Reeves, who his wife dated. Hey, that don't mean you can't see each other every once in a while on set. <laughs> You know, let somebody know who won. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, he was also in Stephen King's The Stand, which was a TV miniseries in 1994. I do remember that one. He was in Contact in 1997. And he was... Oh, also- I remember that one. You watched Contact? Yeah, isn't it Jodie Foster? Possibly. I barely watched <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't know Jodie Foster was in it. Yeah, she's the lead. Damn. Well, I, I went through a Jodie Foster. You do love Jodie Foster, which, but not as much as you love AJ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was also in uh, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me in 1999. So, oh, and he also was in uh, Gold Member 2, apparently, but I, I didn't put that one, but he was. But the fun fact uh, about Rob Lowe being in those Mike Myers films is that to kind of, you know, bring back the comedy side, you know, rehab his image besides the rehab. So one thing they used to do for uh, the stars back in the day is if you had a scandal or maybe you misspoke in an interview or you did something wild or weird and you wanted to kind of show the lighter side of yourself, you would host SNL or you would go on a late night show. So Rob Lowe uh, in 1990 uh, hosted SNL and apparently they still do that. Yeah, they still kind of do. But they it was like I feel like maybe uh, 
it's more heavy handed now. So I just mentioned it as something that they still they used to do back in the day. I think, yeah, it probably served a better purpose back in the day. But now when you know it's part of the handbook of what should we do after a scandal, it doesn't like have much of an effect. Exactly. Back then it, you would fall into the trap because you're like, oh, shit, I, this person ain't that bad. He's pretty funny. She's pretty great. Yeah. But now you're that like, oh. make me laugh. <laughs> exactly. Like all blankety blank fucked up. They're going to be on all the TV shows hosting everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. When he hosted SNL in 1990, him and Mike really like, I guess, took a, a shine to each other, as some people would say, or they really like begun a friendship. And so Mike started casting them in some of the smaller parts in his movies. Good for him. Yeah, you got to use the networks. Now, you like Austin Power movies. I fucking love Austin Power. <laughs> It's unfortunate how much I love Austin Power movies. What's the ranking? I'll tell you. Number one, Spy Who Shagged Me. Number two, Goldmember 3 Original. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. Mine's Goldmember 2, 1. Why is Goldmember 1? Is it just because Beyonce? Because that's the reason why she's 2. No, I just think it's funny. I think it... Isn't that the one where the hard knock life... Yes, that is the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. But okay, then you like Hard Knock Life, which I love too. But my favorite is the fucking Just the Two of Us, oh. <laughs> which is on the second one. It's so stupid and not really my movies, but that's like one of the movies me, my brother, and my sister could all watch. Like, because normally we don't all watch the same movies. Oh, yeah. Y'all don't. Y'all have varied taste. Yeah. But yeah, all my sisters and brothers know about the Austin Ballas. We <laughs> love some lowbrow comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's really lowbrow. <sighs> Why you say it like that, though? So then in 1999, Rob Lowe joins one of his more known roles as Sam Seaborn in The West Wing. Sam Seaborn is the Deputy White House Communications Director, and I think the West Wing was a show I either debated starting with you or by myself. I'm not sure which one. But um, I still don't know if I'll ever start it. It just seems too political. <laughs> uh, you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, now in the climate where I like anything regarding like politics, I mean, I used to kind of be into it. Like I used to love me some scandal, but now I was like, don't you ever put me back in that White House. Rob Lowe placed Sam Seaborn in the West Wing from 1990 to 2003. He does reprise his role in the last season in 2006, but he only stays from 1999 to 2003 because the West Wing had a stat cast. like Martin Sheen. Martin, of course, Martin Sheen, Allison Janney, Bradley Whitford. You know, all types of people and a lot of lesser known people, but you've seen them in everything. Yeah, I watched West Wing in high school, I think. Senior yeah. year, maybe. We would watch it in our government class, like when we were doing like work or had free time. She would always put it on. That sounds like a good. Oh, yeah. I wish I was. No, that's not the class I wanted to be in with you. But that still sounds like a good little time. Especially yeah, in high I... school. All you want to do is watch it. Uh-huh. And it was nice that you could be doing your work. And I always need noise, so it was good for me. I've grown out of needing noise. I can't hear myself anymore. Really? Yeah, I'm an old bitch. 
I need noise for everything. <laughs> I need noise when I do a restroom, when I fall asleep, when I... <laughs> when I need noise. Let's, we'll talk about that at your next therapy session. It's okay. We'll table that. We'll table it. Now, uh, Rob Lowe left because that stacked cast of everyone in the cast, pretty much everyone except for him, got a pay increase, a pay raise. And when Rob found that out, he was not happy about that. So he ended up leaving. Initially, he did say, like, you know, it's just because uh, my my screen time is dwindling. It's time for me to move on. He didn't want to seem like, quote unquote, bitter. But the real reason was money. Yeah. How the hell are you to give everyone a raise but me? That, yeah, that was crazy. I, I would have loved to. And a, and a cute little story he, he was also told was, like, Rob was really committed to being a family man. So they would do their shooting in LA, but Rob lived in Santa Monica. And so he had to travel like 80 plus miles to like to and from the set to his house. But he would do that instead of staying out there in LA because he wanted to come home to his kids and tuck them in and say goodnight and stuff, which I thought was admirable and sweet. Most you know, actor dads do not give a fuck, but you put that nanny on, get the nanny out there. I just, just the type of person I am. I hate when I hear those, like they're leaving to be spent time with their families. Like shut the fuck up. No one cares about their family. <laughs> no, they're not. You hear, you heard it here, folks. This is how Jose feels. <laughs> fuck you. Ain't them kids. Hey, we said that at, at a different episode though. They know you don't, you don't like kids. I, I like kids. I just don't think kids are for me. There you go. That's true. You can like kids and not want them. Yeah, you're right. Now, Rob had a pretty steady career of TV shows, TV movies, and the like. Now, the shows kind of were being canceled. He had shows like Dr. Vegas and The Lion's Den, but he stayed getting booked for them. So it didn't really matter because they were still booking the man. They still wanted them. In fact... One of the things I am thankful for, honestly, I'm sorry, I'm a hater, but he was offered and he passed on playing Derek Shepard on Grey's Anatomy. I am grateful for that, too. Why? Why you? Why? Why he can't be McDreamy? I just think I'm not even a Patrick Dempsey fan, but I think that that is definitely a role that Patrick Dempsey like filled to a T like, cause he's dreamy, but he's also douchey. Yeah. And I ain't gonna lie. Patrick Dempsey is fine. Low key. I mean, I mean, it's not even low key. The band was fine. Especially first couple <laughs> seasons. Not so much now, but the first couple seasons, I was like, choose her, pick her, love her. But yeah, he passed on that, but Rob has no regrets about it. He, you know, he he picks and chooses the roles that he feels are for him at that time. Now, his next big TV hit was the show Brothers and Sisters. But what's so funny about that is he started off as a guest star. He wasn't even supposed to be there for that long. And this is in the year of 2006. And he ends up leaving season four in 2010 because he was not satisfied with the storyline that he had, and he was not satisfied with screen time. Rob Lowe, he's not going down with that ship. Once he's like, it's time to head out, he leaves. He, he, he senses when 
the the show's going down and he senses when his screen time's going down uh-huh. and he senses when his money going down. <laughs> <laughs> That's admirable, I guess. I mean, it's yeah, because at, at the end, I mean, some people could view it as being like selfish, but the, I mean, that's kind of what actors are. So I would more so view it in the vein of knowing your worth and value. If uh-huh. you know that you can bring this amount and this to the table, but you're not getting given the opportunity and nobody cares and nobody's trying to give you the opportunity, bitch, I'm going to go somewhere else that nobody is uh, going to be restricting me. Don't let those people dim your shine. Mm-hmm. In the middle of starring in Brothers and Sisters, I know I said that he was on it from 2006 to 2010. Rob does deal with his last scandal. And ironically, it comes 20 years later after his sex tape. Oh. So on April 7th, we have another scandal on our hands. Now, Rob Lowe and Cheryl Lowe filed three lawsuits against three former employees. Two nannies and a chef. In these lawsuits, the couple are accusing these employees of breach of contract, defamation, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. Now, in his lawsuits against the nannies, one is Jessica Gibson. In the lawsuit against Gibson, Lowe says she talked about, quote, having a personal and intimate relationship with Lowe and accused. And, and by doing that, of uh, ultimately accused Rob Lowe of infidelity. Lowe says Gibson bragged about giving him a massage during a trip with the family. And she told people that she wished he would divorce Cheryl. You can sue for that? All, all together. He's not just suing her for saying that she hopes uh, he divorces Cheryl. He, he's suing her because she's breaching the contract of their, their their confidentiality, as well as accusing Rob of engaging in a personal intimate relationship with her. And he's saying that's not true as well. And she's telling other people that as well. Hmm. What on what grounds? Like defamation? Yeah, I just say he's suing them for defamation, breach of contract, and intentional infliction and intentional infliction of emotional distress. Okay. Rob the family man. Rob the family man said you can't take my family, man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now I got this piece from ABC News. Uh regard, rewarding <laughs> rewarding the lawsuit. And so ABC News also got uh, the court documents. And in the court documents, Rob Lowe accuses another nanny, Laura Boyce, of engaging in a scheme to hurt the Lowe's by spreading malicious lies about each of them. And they are asking in the suit for at least $1 million in damages. Now, the third lawsuit... That's against the chef, Peter Clements. The third lawsuit, the Lowe's allege that ex-chef Peter Clements had sex on their bed with third parties when the family was out of town. He also stole prescription drugs out of their medicine cabinet and overcharged them for food. (laughs) And he burnt my waffle one time. (laughs) So... Some I'm trying not to laugh at the sex at the third parties, but that's funny. Too. 
Yeah, some of the stuff in this lawsuit is like, what are you guys talking about? Like sex on your bed? Can you sue for that, really? Yes, he's a chef. Why the fuck is he in your bed? I get he should be in the bed. I get that. And he definitely shouldn't be having sex. But on what are you suing him for? Like, are you saying that's emotional distress? Do you want a new bed? Are you suing for a new bed? I mean, maybe that is. Honestly, now that I think about that, because, yeah, that is true. Like, what is that? But I could see that. It's theft. I could emotional. It's a reach, but maybe you could say that because you're like, he was in our private quarters. We didn't know what he did, what he touched. It's causing us stress. And we're afflicted. And how do you charge? How do you sue for overcharging on food? Because if the tomato costs a dollar and I'm charging you $30 because I prepared it, that's what I'm charging. Um, on that, it could either just be speculation, you know, them thinking or suspecting that he's overcharging or they actually have valid proof. Who knows? I don't, say, I don't like these lawsuits. Hey. They seem frivolous to me. I understand. I feel you. Do I agree? I don't know. <laughs> well, now, you have more info than me, I guess. Uh, yeah, but also, I don't know. <laughs> now, uh, on the same day that the Lowe's filed these three lawsuits against these three former employees, uh, Rob Lowe also writes on a Huffington, Huffington Post, a blog post, uh, talking about this whole lawsuit situation. That that same day. And he's basically writing uh, about Jessica Gibson. Uh, He doesn't say her by name, I don't think, but he talks about the fact that he is suing an ex-employee. And he mentions the fact that this ex-employee is blackmailing him and his wife, Cheryl. And he says that this employee, Gibson, demanded $1.5 million by the end of the week, or she will accuse us both of vicious she will accuse us both of a vicious laundry list of false terrible, which I was like, Rob, why don't you just say she was going to blackmail y'all? What, what the fuck is this laundry list of false terrible? Like you're terrible what? Central. That's that's exactly the, clo- the quote that he says. She demanded $1.5 by the end of the week or she will accuse us both of a vicious laundry list of false terrible. Just because of that, I'm on her side. I don't like the cut of your jib. <laughs> now, Lowe also provided the Huffington Post with texts that the uh, nanny sent his wife after quitting her job, Jessica Gibson. And in this text, the nanny has nothing but praise and appreciation for Lowe and his wife. Hmm. In response to both of these lawsuits, both of the nannies countersue with their own complaints and allegations. First, Jessica Gibson alleges that Lowe, quote, placed his hand inside Gibson's pants several times from about September 2005 to around January 2008. She also alleges that the actor grabbed her buttocks without her consent around December 2007. Gibson also accuses Lowe's wife, Cheryl, of walking around the house naked and making quote-unquote vulgar comments about her sex life. Jessica goes on the Today Show uh, once once she uh, does her lawsuit, her countersuit, 
And her attorney is Gloria Allred, of course. And in this Today Show interview, Gibson is sitting with Gloria and a statement is read by uh, the Lowe's attorney, uh, Stanton Larry Stein. And it is, this is how the statement goes from the Lowe's lawyer. Miss Gibson's older sister worked for the Lowe's for seven years. Miss Gibson worked for the Lowe's on and off for seven years. She left at least two times to pursue other jobs and returned each time asking for more hours. She sent two emails the day she left, both saying she loved the Lowe's and her leaving had nothing to do with them, but her heart wasn't into being a nanny anymore. Stein says, this is totally inconsistent with her latest allegations. An investigation of dozens of present and former employees of the Lowe's has failed to find one single person to verify her allegations. The allegations in the complaint are simply untrue. To which, after that statement is read, Gloria Allred replies, we don't think so. When the interviewer asked Jessica Gibson directly why she returned to work in the household, Jessica answers, I love the children. I needed the job. I thought it would get better. And I was scared. Hmm. So after reading just that little bit, anything, feeling anything, anything changing, what do you think? I don't know. It's so much he said, she said. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's weird to me is that there's three lawsuits against three different employees. So that kind of tells me that. Maybe they are shitty employees, but I don't know if that means they're doing what they're alleging. Also, walking around naked, I don't know how I feel about that one. Just because I did, it's her home, but you have a nanny there. Yeah, that's like, same. It's your house, but also, I would think if you have workers, employees, that's something that they need to know about, or you need to curb if you're yeah. really, if, if that's what you're really doing. They need that- to be okay with it or bitch you need to put some clothes on that has to be something that's said at the job interview like just so you know after my morning shower i like to walk out to the patio and air dry like you know it has to be trust <laughs> i like to uh, let my crotch get some sunlight <laughs> <laughs> now um gloria all read Uh, Jessica's attorney denies that the employment was as good as Gibson said previously in that email. But let's read the email, one of which, what it says. So it starts off, uh, it's addressing Cheryl. This is Jessica. Cheryl, I am really sorry. I have nothing bad to say about your family. And I'm really thankful for what you guys have done for me over the years. I hope we can handle this as friends. I did not leave out a spite or anger. It was just time for my heart to let go. I'm embarrassed that I just up and left like this, but I could not see another way. It was time for me to move on. Now, the interviewer asked Jessica why she wrote those emails. Jessica doesn't say anything. And Gloria steps in to say, We're going to talk about that in the lawsuit and why she did. I will say this. She was in fear of them. She was trying to appease them. 
She was trying to get away. And she'll go into that in greater detail when it's time for her to give her deposition. It is weird to me, though, that she said, I didn't leave in spite and anger. Like, would his wife have reason to believe that she did leave in spite and anger? I don't know. It just seems weird Well, to if me. you have... I mean, I can see it both ways. You could just be covering up because you don't want to leave on a bad note. Even yeah. though you may feel a certain way about these employers, you're just going to write this note, this email, wrap it up in a tiny bow, fuck these people forever. But I also could see from the Lowe's point of view, um, we've had this nanny on and off for seven years. And for the third time now, she's about to up and leave. What the fuck is that about? And then you get this email where she's like, well, you know, I'm just, it, my heart's not in it, or I, 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 need, I need to let go. It's not out of spite and anger. And then you get this whole, this whole breach of contract situation. So now you're pissed and now you got to sue her. Or now I you wonder like you have to sue her. If the other two times she left, did she leave unexpectedly as well? That's a good question. Cause I actually do not know. And it doesn't say it just, it just mentions the fact that you know, there were two other times where uh, she did leave periodically, but she wanted to come back and that they let her. She was permitted. I highly doubt that she left without notice the first two times because they probably won't let her back. So in my well, mind, I really loved or liked and they just really. Yeah, but still, yeah. I, yeah. No, these right. rich people don't care about their nannies. You're right. You're right. They but... like them for their kids and they're nice and everything. But, you know, they can replace them. So I'm kind of leaning more towards her, her side, even though it's kind of weird that she didn't know how to answer. But I could see it as, let me write this email because I know I'm going to need them for a reference. There you go. People do it all the time. So it's not too far off. And if one angry nanny wasn't enough, Rob Lowe's other nanny, Laura Boyce, also has come out with a set of allegations. Boyce's lawsuits claims that Cheryl Lowe, quote, made numerous sexually crude, lascivious, and racially derogatory comments. The last sexually and racially offensive comment made by Cheryl on November 16th, 2007, forced Boyce to resign her employment. Oof. So Laura also says that Cheryl Lowe discussed her sex life with her husband in detail. Um, she would ask intrusive questions about the nanny's sex life. Um, she would also, oh, and, and that in response to that, Boyce would tell Cheryl Lowe on quote unquote many occasions that she did not want to engage in that type of sexual conversation. And in the end, one of her final allegations is that uh, she was wrongfully fired and she is owed money from the Lowe's. Whereas Jessica Gibson went on the Today Show shortly after her lawsuit went public, Laura Boyce instead calls a press conference with her lawyer. Guess who it is? Is it Gloria again? It's Gloria Allred. <laughs> I knew it was her or her daughter. Ooh, what's her daughter name? Smoria? Cece Bloom. What? Is that her daughter? Cece Bloom? Cece Bloom. Bloom. Okay. First of all, I, I don't know, but that... No, that's the girl from Beaches. <laughs> what? What's her daughter's name? You? <laughs> I know Cece was from Beaches. I didn't know her last name was Bloom. Lisa Bloom. <laughs> Lisa. 
Lisa Bloom's her daughter? Uh-huh. Of course she is. She follows straight at her footsteps. Oh, my God. Lisa Bloom and Cl- Talk about a legacy. Talk about a Nepo baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my mind is blown. I did not know that. But of course, if I don't see Gloria Allred on somebody, it's Lisa Bloom. Uh-huh. Okay. So yes, it was her attorney is Gloria Allred as well. And when she calls this press conference, uh, the statement that Boyce reads out is, quote, I respected the Lowe's and I did everything I could to assist them in their home by taking care of their children. And she's crying while she is reading this, just so you know. I watched the video. I have thoughts. I'm going to respect, be respectful and keep them to myself because emotions are varied for everybody. But she's crying. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You gotta say, do you think she's like, in your opinion, does it seem like put on like force of a reaction? Here's what I'll say. She could be dead set telling the truth or she could be stone cold lying but looking at her during this press conference her behavior makes me not want to believe her huh is she uh just because you mentioned race earlier is she black or what is she because she's saying i mean she looks white she might have she might be mixed with something else, but to me, that looks like a white woman. To my knowledge, she was dating an NBA player. They don't say that it, it was a black man, but from the whole <laughs> racially sensitive comments to her dating an NBA player, I'm inclined to think the nigga was black. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Um. So she says, I respected the Lowe's and did everything I could to assist them in their home by taking care of their children. I was devastated to find out that the Lowe's had sued me because she actually, talking about Cheryl, had called me the week before and offered me my job. I can't believe she's doing this to me. Now, with allegations like these from both sides... And then when you bring up some context of uh, the Beckhams, which is David and Victoria Beckham back in like 2005, 2006, had a nanny who ended up like blabbing a whole bunch of their business, talking about, you know, their stuck up attitudes, David's cheating. They weren't able to sue their um, nanny for breaking their confidentiality clause because some loophole. And so after this, you would think, you know, a former nanny telling all your business, uh, there's going to be no loopholes, whatever, whatever. But here we are in this case. I think that's one of the reasons why the Lowe's are suing the nannies. I didn't want to say that at the beginning, but uh, the Beckhams and a couple other cases were pretty big on uh, their these people breaking confidentiality and the stars not being able to do anything. So I kind of remember around this time, a, a few of the nannies were coming forward. Yeah. I mean, nannies were either seeing inappropriate behavior, were being treated inappropriately, or they were sleeping with somebody. Yeah. So with this one, I imagine since the lawsuits are coming up around the same time, these three people all left relatively close to the same time. Yes. All left or, or fired. Yeah. 
Interesting. I I don't know. Like this one is a lot more believable to me than the first one, even though I do lean more towards her way. Just because I could see someone oversharing with someone that's their friend. There, there's a quote in Little Fires, Little Fires Everywhere that Carrie Washington says. Mm-hmm. She says, "White women always want to be friends with their maids," and really? I feel like that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Like that is kind of true. At least that's what's always depicted. Yeah, <laughs> but they want to be friends with their maids, but they still want their maids to know, bitch. I'm your boss. Yeah, I'm your boss, but I can see like the oversharing of sex life and the maybe the improper mm-hmm. jokes that she's not comfortable with. I'm not a regular boss. I'm a cool boss. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're like a big family here. Yeah. Oh my fucking! I when a job, I'm telling you, when you get on at a job and they say we're like a family here, bitch, close up shop. Don't <laughs> quit that day. But you got to quit someday. <laughs> and how many kids do they have again? The Lowe's? Just two. Just two. Two nannies. Yep. We went through this whole thing. I mean, three employees, three lawsuits, two counter lawsuits. You think this would end big. But no. Not with a bang, with a whimper. After approximately a year after filing their respective lawsuits against each other, they are all dropped and or dismissed. Every single one. First was the chef's. His was dropped a month after the Lowe's filed their suit against him. So the other four lawsuits were all dismissed a year later, May 2009 at the request of each of the plaintiffs of the case. So each of the plaintiffs talked to their lawyers and asked the judge to dismiss the case. Afterwards, neither of the lawyers had a comment on the cases and there is no proof of the settlement of being reached or not being reached. And this takes me to a quote that that Rob's lawyer said, at the beginning of this whole lawsuit saga. Give it to us. Stanton Larry Stein, who is the Lowe's attorney, told today when talking to them that the family filed their suit as a preemptive strike. He said that some celebrities have chosen in the past to pay off for former employees who threatened to go public with complaints rather than face the negative publicity. But the Lowe's refused to be blackmailed. And then David Kaplan, who writes for People Magazine, said, a lot of times when celebrities have these cases, they pay it off. The worst thing you can have is the publicity. This is a huge fear for celebrities. No one wants a scandal like this. So when you take what Larry Stein, the attorney for the Lowe's said, and when you take what David Kaplan of People Magazine says, they're both acknowledging that celebrities pay off employees just to get stuff out of the news. And so it does not affect their reputation and publicity. But David goes on to say that the worst thing you can have is the publicity and that nobody wants a scandal like this. And I think Rob, whether he wants to acknowledge he was wrong 
or if he was right, or if Gibson and Boyce were wrong or right, he realized that the public fight of this was not worth it. And they came to whatever agreement they needed to, to wipe this off. That's what I think happened. What do you think? Yeah, I can see that. I think it was a huge misstep to go with three lawsuits. I yeah, think all at the same time. I that honestly garnered think- way too much attention. And then to talk to the Huffington Post, like, I get wanting to get ahead of the scandal, but right now you're exposing the scandal to everybody. That might be true. I mean, I can honestly, I still understand the lawsuits to a, a point, but I kind of wonder why the chef thing happened because the chef lawsuit happened. He filed it and then dismissed it within a month. So if my big things are about these nannies who are about to accuse me of sexual misconduct and of my wife of being racially inappropriate and, and uh, sexually suggestive with her conversations and stuff like that. I would just, I would stick to those big cases and let that little fish go so I could focus on these two and I could prove my innocence on these two, which I know you are more so on the women's side. Uh, I honestly don't know where I fall because I just saw too many points in both directions and too much like the lows trying to protect themselves, but also the women maybe not telling the complete truth. But I don't think the lows are completely as happy, gummy, sugar gumdrop as they perceive themselves to be. That's why these things came about. But I don't know if I believe all of the claims made by the women. I do kind of believe the Cheryl claims just because they both said similar things. And one of the women didn't accuse Rob of doing anything sexual to her. It was mostly about her pay and being uncomfortable. But then again, I don't know. I don't fucking know. People are out for a money grab. I think this is one of those like great area for me cases, but I could also see why somebody could definitively land on either side. No, it's definitely more of a gray area. I just find it weird that it's all three so close together. That, leads me to believe that it's the Lowe's who are the problem. Yeah, because you say like um, like a hit dog hollers, somebody's going to hurry up and put all their business out because they're scared of somebody else putting it out. Like, you know, that kind of mentality. I'll, 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 I'll expose me before you could ever expose me. Yeah, I don't know. The, the second woman brings the most true to me. Mm-hmm. Even though you said hers was the one who had the reaction that you weren't vibing with? Like I said, she could be telling the truth. I just, like I said, emotions are weird for me. She could also be telling the truth and putting on a performance. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You're right. You're right. Because lawyers always want you to look sympathetic to any and all audiences. And sometimes that does go against them by them going too hard or maybe the person not looking as natural as they should be. Yeah. So you're right. That was the last public scandal that Rob has faced, you know, during his career. Like I said, this was 
a interesting subject for me to pick Rob Lowe just because he is seen as more of a straight laced guy, but he does have kind of a dark history a little bit, but he's still very much well liked. He bounced back fine. He is still in demand. Rob went on to play Chris Traeger in Parks and Rec for six seasons. He was still acting in various TV movies, various popular TV shows. He was in Californication for a couple seasons as a uh, as a guest starring role. He got his own show again on Fox, The Grinder. Uh, didn't last that long, but he still got it, <laughs> like yeah. one or two seasons. And then in 2020, he ends up getting the lead role of another Fox show, uh, the spinoff of 911, which is 911 Lone Star. Ooh. And I, I think he plays, yeah, he plays uh, a firefighter, a firefighter captain. His name is Owen Strand. I think I heard that he uh, acted with his son on this one or he was a, a writer on this show. I'm not for sure. But I do know that in March 2023, um, he collaborated with his son fully on the show called Unstable. Uh, they created it, produced, and star on it, and it's on Netflix. And that's with uh, John Owen, his youngest son. Why and can't his son just find work by himself? <laughs> like, that's what gets me with Napa Babies. Like, there's those Napa Babies out there who, you know, let's take Angelina Jolie, for instance. Okay. He's appeared in, I think, two films with her father. And I hated him. Well, I don't know. <laughs> One when she was a child and she was uncredited and she had a very brief scene. And then Tomb Raider, he appeared in there for very shortly. But what was the first like, one? It, it was when she was a child. It was, it was his movie. Oh, so yeah, that don't count. And I don't count Tomb Raider either. She probably got him on. Yeah. So it's... I feel like she made her own path and she can't control who her father is. So technically she's a Nepo baby, but I think I, I won't hold it against her. But someone like this who has to work with his father because no one wants to work with him. I'm like, get the fuck out of Hollywood. Well, I mean, I mean I'm not a hundred percent wrong, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't like Nepo babies. It's when it's like, that is riding your father's coattails because the only reason you're having work is because he's co-signing for you. Well, he, I mean, at least in the 2023 show, he did co-create, produce, and star in it. He did some work that wasn't just acting. I'm trying mm -hmm. to give him something. You just no. like, fuck out of here. Damn, because what the, what did John Owen do to you? <laughs> he's a real villain in this whole story. <laughs> Like, okay, like Eugene Levy and Dan Levy, they were together on Shit Street. I think that was great. I don't really see that as... Maybe it's just because I saw it and it was such a great show. Mm -hmm. But I don't see that as him riding his father's coattails. But this one, it just it doesn't it doesn't sit real with me. Damn, okay. Oh, I'm glad we talked about this because when people talk about Rob Lowe, I feel like they make his past seem so big and bad and him sleeping with a sixteen-year-old is bad, but it was legal, and I hate to say that it's disgusting. And yeah. I kind of do believe that he did not know. Yeah, it's the overall picture of it. Is is the fact that Rob Lowe was a party boy? Um, he had this big, huge scandal slash indiscretion, but it was legal. Essentially, he was not charged for it. He went so many years redeeming himself, still cranking out all these 
all these acting gigs, all these performances. And then his next scandal doesn't come for 20 years after the first one. Only lasts a year before he squashes that. And he doesn't have another scandal since. And he especially doesn't have anything related to underage women, you know, children. The sexual misconduct situation was crazy. But I mean, we can't say too much about it because it was dismissed. And we didn't get that greater detail that we were promised before either. So it's just like we have to take it as him not being guilty or innocent, but him not being, I guess, I don't know. He's only been accused, but he can't, he's not guilty. Essentially. That's that's definitely suspicious, but at the same time, I'm not going to hold it against him. Yeah. For now he gets to be, you know, if there's a movie, I don't care if he's in it or not, but I'm going to be like, don't watch this movie. Yeah. So uh, just a, just to end it, uh, Rob officially has been with um, Cheryl for like 31, 32 years. And Rob has been sober for 33 years and is still in high demand. So it's just, I guess, how you deal with whatever comes your way, as well as who you are and what time period you were born. <laughs> Because I do think a lot of this would have turned out differently if it was a different time or if he was a different person with maybe less notoriety or maybe more. What could have happened if this was like 1988? Who am I thinking of? Who was big? Who was great? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't think of a big 80 star. I wonder if his other son had a little nepotism like if his father rob's father helped him you know because he's a lawyer lawyer helping lawyer i mean i could assume that um he should be disbarred just for that no first of all (laughs) you're trying to ruin this family the lawsuits didn't so jose's going to i don't see that happening because like i said like we said before these are kind of um middle america people rob is the one who ended up becoming famous i mean chad later too but it was the children the 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 parents were who they were i see i see them maybe i see the kid being inspired by it but i don't see him i don't see the nepotism sh- uh sh- stretching that far i don't You're think charles hard enough <laughs> i don't think <laughs> charles had networking like that they do because they probably have like you know he's went to a certain college so this his grandson's going to be a legacy in admission and then he he interned at this law firm so his grandson gets to too. Well, maybe I am being naive. I mean, yeah. I know I know that type of stuff does t- tend to happen. We we need to do an episode of Nepo Baby soon. Lock this whole fucking family up right fucking now. <laughs> I'm not saying that. It's just- <laughs> You heard it right fucking here. Okay, so before we close out to our media, just want to cite my sources. I got a lot. Of- <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> Straight wiki, no ficky. <laughs> no, but I got a lot of my information from people.com, a lot of uh, Rob Lowe interviews, and um, articles from both in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. It was very helpful. Uh, New York Post. Uh, NY Daily News, Fox News, Entertainment Weekly, imbd.com, tribute.ca, today.com, and Britannica. Mm, good job. 
Thank you. So we like to end each episode with a piece of media that we would like to hold in high regard or we would like to throw in the trash. Now, I've been talking for way too long. Jose, do you have anything you would like to share? I do. I have an email from Trisha for sharing her media. Yes, come on, email. She said, Jose and Katrina, just writing in to share my media. I was going to share a media in order to bridge the gap between Scorpio and hosts. But after listening to Mother of Black Hollywood episode again, it reminded me that I recently watched The Woman King. The movie was phenomenal. I really got attached to the characters in the movie. The battle scenes are the ones where they are training are my favorite. Viola Davis is surrounded by wonderful and professional actors. Everyone did an amazing job. And the movie is really well written. Thank you for always reading my medias, no matter how shady. Love y'all. Have right. you seen The Woman Queen? That's Woman what I was like, damn, you fucked it up, man. Uh-huh. Here's the problem, right? I was really about to say, oh my God, that's such a great media, but I got a bone to pick with Trisha. Ooh. How you see the Woman King? You don't watch nothing with me. You didn't watch the Woman King with me. Who were you watching the Woman King with? Another Woman King? <laughs> <laughs> we got him audacity. How you see Viola Davis? You didn't see her with me? How come you didn't watch it with me? Mm. Just joking, though. Or am I? I have not seen the Woman King yet. Uh, I think actually, now that Trisha has said that, everybody in my family has seen it except for me. <laughs> oh, it's but I, I heard it's list. good, but I don't know what the hell it's on, and I didn't want to pay for it. I'm sorry, I'm cheap. Yeah, it's on my list, but nowhere near the top. Damn, why not nowhere near? I don't know. It just it didn't interest me. Like it didn't grab me. Viola Davis gonna grab your ass in your sleep. I tell you that. Disrespecting <laughs> her like that. And Violet, I don't know why it grabbed me because Viola Davis is, you know, such a phenomenal, phenomenal actress. I know what it is. You don't want Viola Davis unless she's snotting. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I want her crying and snotting. You always want this woman. She's in pain. She can't do nothing for you if she ain't crying and pain or talking long. I, you know, honestly, I think that's what it is. I go to Viola for those strong scenes, those powerful scenes. You like Viola Davis, the thespian. Yes, I, I, I love her broken down. Mm. <laughs> See, black women, this is why you gotta stay. <laughs> I need you to trust that. You gotta stay away from these men. They don't want to see in no way but broken. <laughs> Stay strong. What was that movie she did with JLo? <sighs> Lila and Eve. That was such a good movie. That was my movie. I ain't even gonna lie. So, who? Somebody? Was it you? It was like I saw that twist coming. I was like, "Fuck you!" I didn't. I did see the twist coming. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> "Remember me and you got into an argument because you said JLo wasn't a good actress." <laughs> And you were on the she is side? Uh-huh. How, how bad was I flaming her? Because I like J-Lo in a couple of things. Not no, everything. Used to, J-Lo had never been in good shit besides Selena, blah, blah, blah. And then like I was like, you didn't tell me enough wasn't good. And you're I like, love enough. Yeah, like I kept naming them. And you're like, oh, well, that one's okay. I'm like, I, you're like, I'm going through her whole filmography. And you're like, well, that one's different. And I'm like, 
I tell you right now, she only got good. She only got four good performances. Selena, that's the best actress performance. Period. And then the other three, oh shit. Yes, the other three are comedic, but enough is just a good story. I think enough could have had anybody in it, but it had J Lo in it, and it still was a hit. Is that bad <laughs> to say? That's a fl- maybe I'm not giving her her due, but I, I like Selena. I like enough. I like uh, Monster in Law. And Lila and Eve. I was going to say The Wedding Planner, but I don't fucking watch The Wedding Planner. It's okay. I love Matthew McConaughey always looks mixed in there, and I hate that. Get that fake mixed white man off my screen (laughs) (laughs) with his curly fro shag. Did you watch Second Act or Hustlers? I have not gotten to see Hustlers yet. And I do want to see second act. Yeah, I'm Are those second. her other good hits? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah. And I like second act because Leah Remini's in it. I probably won't agree when you say Hustlers because here's the thing. She's going to have to be like perfect because I heard how much of a fit she threw that she wasn't nominated for an Oscar. So <laughs> if I watch Hustlers and this ain't no Oscar worthy performance, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> what about The Cell? Oh, she was in the cell. Yeah, she's the main character. Huh. Anaconda? No. Nobody was good at Anaconda. 100% nobody gave a good acting performance in Anaconda. I had to think about the cell because it's been so long since I've seen it, so I honestly cannot say. She probably was good in it, but I cannot remember. But uh, nobody was good in fucking Anaconda. John Voight, especially. Get that man out of that movie. Hated it. (laughs) Did you ever watch My Family? My family? Uh-huh. What's that? It's about a little Mexican family. I don't think I heard about that. Oh, I used to I've seen your movie. family. <laughs> yeah, you know. Has... <laughs> okay. <laughs> but tell me about my family. It's just a family. Like, it's her. She only plays the young character. And then, like, they have kids and what happens to the kids. She ends up being deported in that movie, I think. Damn. Yeah, it's, it's like, a nice movie, but it's, like, a lot of fucked up things happen. Dang. That means I would have to be in the mood to watch that one. Say. Yeah. I, I feel like, for all our Mexican listeners out there, I feel like that's one of the movies that, when you grow up Mexican, you kind of watch. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't, but I do know what you mean as for like a black standpoint. Yeah, like you have black movies that you watch growing up. I feel like there's certain Mexican movies that almost all Mexicans have watched. I want to name some, but I don't want to be too stereotypical. So I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, we can all just think in our head what they are. Yeah. All right. You want to share your media? Um, I can, yeah, even though I just... Talk about J-Lo for two hours. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you want J-Lo to be your media? I mean, that's no, not a bad one. She, she doesn't. Why? Because uh, she can't act. Knew it. <laughs> <laughs> J-Lo can't. Do you remember she was in Jack? I don't remember that movie. Jack? What the fuck is Jack? It's with 
Robin Williams. Oh, I have. I I tell you, I probably hadn't seen Jack since I made a Jack o' Lantern. I don't know. I have not seen that in too long. Yeah, I haven't either. And she was an ant. You love ants. Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to deny it, but uh, I hate that I like that stupid ass movie. I hate that Woody Allen's in that dumb uh-huh. Okay, let's move on to my media. Yes, please. Get this off me. I'm too embarrassed. My media is the book where the author, Pauline Hoover, um, she's pretty popular like on the internet, especially like book talk. And if you just like Barnes and Noble, she usually has like sometimes they'll have a table, you know, Pauline Hoover books or book talk books, and she's always included in those. Hmm. And I have such a complicated relationship with Book Talk because, of course, I want to be on there and see where, like, all the other people are reading. But a lot of the suggestions on there are shit. Like, I try to read them, and they're just shit. So, (laughs) with Colleen Hoover, I was, like, very wary of going into reading her books. Um, I've read three of them. November 9th, All Your Perfects and Verity. November 9th is just about a guy and a girl who meet every November 9th. All Your Perfects is uh, pretty much a marriage ending, like having problems. And Verity is a writer who has to take over like a ghostwriter for this big series of books and she has to live with them. And it's pretty interesting. I think her books, to me, always get me out of a book slump. Like they're very what's going to happen next type of vibe. Mm, so like get you more interested in reading and then as soon as you get in that book you can probably start reading a whole bunch of others like that type of thing yeah so i just like anytime i'm like in a book slump i just like read her book just to get back into the rhythm of it and people either love or hate colleen hoover and i gotta say her writing's not the best i guess that's why people do hate on her and her books usually have a twist at the end and i don't know how people like, sometimes I feel like the twist is stupid. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's a fun ride. So, for me, I'm, I'm going to enjoy them. Okay. But they're very popular. And that's the only book series that I've trusted. That one and A Little Life, which I talked about a long time ago on here. That I trusted but talked with. Other than that, just literal dog shit on a platter. Damn. <laughs> You really know how to bring it together. <laughs> Is that off? <laughs> Why did you end it like that? <laughs> oh, dog shit on kid. How should I describe it? That's how oh, I no, but it was just okay. I know how you feel about it. I just, I remember one, I think it was called The Witch's Heart or something. People were like raving about it, saying, oh my God, I love this book. And I read it and it, it read like, that didn't get you out your slump. No, it it was torture. I, I didn't finish it. It read like a sixth grader writing fanfic. Man, yeah. and that is terrible. Yeah, it was just just shit. And I hate talking about authors' books because you know they put their heart and soul and something that I would maybe want to do one day if I wasn't chicken. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. be book. So I hate talking about writers' books, but. That one, it was just dog shit. I can't, I can't dress it up 
You can't hide what you feel inside. No. But other people love it, so who cares what I say? That's true. Okay, so I'm not 100% sure if I talked about this, but if I did, I talked about it in collection with a couple other songs, so I feel okay re-bringing it up because it's in the news. So I had, haven't had, because I ain't been playing it lately, but I still love it. I've been playing this song called Painting Pictures for months. Um, it's a rap song and it samples one of my favorite R&B songs by Faith Evans, Soon As I Get Home. So Painting Pictures samples Soon As I Get Home by Faith Evans and it's rapped by a dude called Superstar Pride. Now, the fucked up thing about this whole situation is that uh, this Wednesday, this past Wednesday, uh, Superstar Pride got arrested for first degree murder. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And this was like his hit. Like it reached 25 on the Billboard Hot 100. Like this was him breaking into the gang and he was really young and he just got arrested for first degree murder. They found some 40 year old man in his home who, who had been shot multiple times. Whatever evidence they put together pointed to Superstar, and then eventually he uh, surrendered himself to authorities. But it's unfortunate that I still love this song, but I started to listen to it again. And let's just talk about some of the lyrics and how. Maybe this could have been foretold. 2 a.m., the night's still young. You live by the gun, you're going to die by the gun. Ain't no handouts for nobody. When I ain't had shit, they didn't offer me nothing. Now, here's here was the part that I always looked sideways when I sung, but I still sung it. When I'm quiet, I be thinking about killings. Oh, my goodness. It's not funny, but it was just a crazy-ass line. And then this happens. He's this painting that picture of, for you of that murder, and you're just like standing pictures. Yeah, he, he, he was telling you what he was doing. And I just looked Mama, at his don't shot. worry. You raised and the gangster. Just looking at that much, I know he did it. I'm you like, saw it? Yeah. Oh, and he's from, he's from, I don't know if he's from uh, which city specifically, but he's from Dallas. No, I said, I don't know what city, and I said a city. <laughs> he's, from, he's from Texas, and uh, I think that hairstyle, the shag, is popular in Texas, which is where they, like, have a fade up front, and then they let it grow out in the back. It's interesting. Huh. But yeah, but yeah, those are some of the lyrics, uh, you know, all the shiesty shit that I've done, blessed to not be in no chains. Psych, that's changed, you know, but yeah, it's still a good song, but definitely one of those, uh, you, 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 you speak, what, what is it? Uh, sometimes you speak things into existence. I don't know if you're speaking into existence or if that was like a confession. Or he's talking about, you know, the life he used to live, but he never. That's the thing. Once you get famous, if you was a killer, if you was a robber and you get put onto this music, you got to stop immediately. Uh Are you still going? You made it. You don't have to keep killing. You've killed. They did. (laughs) I guess sometimes it's just hard to break out of that life. That's what you know. I mean, that's true. But also I'd be like, bro. 
no, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Yeah, stop. Stop it right now. Stop it. I support everybody. Everybody do your thing. Just don't kill people. Please don't, honestly. Because ain't no reason that anybody named Superstar Prod or Kadarius Prod or whatever your original name was was supposed to be down there, mess 20-something years old, messing with a four-year-old man in Mississippi. Get your ass in the studio. Get your ass home. How do you know this man? Do we know? Don't know. Investigation is still pending. Those were all the uh, details I was able to get. I gotta say, though, I don't like his name. He ain't really got no pride. He ain't gonna be no superstar now. Superstar. <laughs> I have nothing to say because <laughs> I love Superstar, the movie. Yeah, that that was a, a weird media. Yeah! I mean, I think everybody should listen to the song. I wonder what's that. I feel like that probably made the song more popular, right? Sometimes that does happen. You know, everyone wants to tune in if they see, like, who's this guy who murdered? Mm-hmm. What's this? I don't know why, but the human thing is like, what's his music sound like? <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to listen to the trash dude in jail. Yeah. Oh, one more. I mean, I guess I could just add this because this is also something weird. And this is a song I've been I've listened to recently. I was never a big uh, Juice World fan, but uh, besides Lucid Dreams. But he has this other song I've been listening to a lot called I'll Be Fine. And it's a pretty good, catchy song. It just sucks that in the song he's talking about, you know, taking all these pills, he'll be fine. You know, dude tells me to stop taking these pills for our flatline. And then if you know how Juice World died, it's just oh, so that sad. Is sad. Yeah. But yeah, that's the whole chorus. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You like he keeps repeating that. It's a great song, but it's like a tragic song too. So I mean that's I'm, my sad ass medias. <laughs> yeah, people just sing and rap about like how they're going to end because they kind of know. Like deep yeah. down. People are always doing self-fulfilling self-fulfilling prophecies, whether they know it or not, or if they believe in that stuff or not. Sometimes you just can't you can't see, say, or think those things because, unfortunately, there's a lot of power in your imagination, in your consciousness, in your actions, all that other stuff. First degree murder, though, that's so. So out there, I I wonder if once we get a lot more information, can we cover him completely? It'd at least be like one of our, you know, double headers. Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, so keep you tuned in on that media. Anything else you would like to add, Jose? No, I think this episode's been long enough. You tell we, me. We got to talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you so much. If you want to reach out to us, I'll put our socials in the description so you can just click do a little clickety click there um you can send us your media send us your suggestions on who to cover because we don't always know people and we always love to learn always learning mm-hmm. you can leave us a review if you like leave us five stars leave us four stars leave us three stars two or one it's your choice i'll uh, just tell us Talk to us, bruh. <laughs> some of the reviews is a little vague. <laughs> and some are just stupid. 
I'll, I'll just say that. At the end of the day, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. You say it. But thank you guys so much for listening. Um, let us know how you feel about these situations. I feel like this one has been more of a gray area than we've done in a while. Yes. I love to make people think or be divisive. And let us know if JLo's a good actress. I 100% want to hear some feedback on that one. <laughs> I do too. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Bye. Bye. See ya.